0: Welcome to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Cold snap is moving in. We've heard a lot of discussions as to what's going to happen more eastward, but it's still going to be a concern. As you heard maybe some reports earlier this week, Kansas has continued to see some detrimental effects from those frost happenings just two weeks ago. Not only are we going to talk about the weather, we're also going to talk uh, kind of keeping it in perspective. We're going to look at a Friday to Friday in all of these commodities. What changes we've seen? What does it mean how do we move forward even with some green on the screen today from a grain perspective and some struggles that we ended up seeing in the livestock a lot of things to look at as Troy Nielsen joins us today from Smart Yield and uh, Troy let's start out that perspective it's it's easy to forget day to day what the numbers were at but to look at this whole week let's start out with corn
1: you bet Susan um, what I'm looking at is the change in the week on the futures market on a couple contracts from different commodities the first one of course is corn looking at that July contract from last Friday's close till today's close it was up a penny and a half the December contract down a penny and a quarter so when when you look at that keep it in perspective We really didn't go anywhere in the market this year or this week. Um, We were a little bit higher. we were a little bit lower. But by, you know, five trading sessions later, we're about the same price we were a a week ago. Um, I'll jump into soybeans. The same thing. July soybeans were up one cent for the week. November soybeans were down a quarter of a cent for the week, so really virtually no change there in the soybeans Wheat was a little bit different story. I'm looking at the July contract on Chicago That Chicago wheat was up six and a half cents um, Kansas City July was down penny and three quarters so A little bit of activity there um, But really what we're looking at when you look at the uh, corn and the soybeans We are in a sideways trading pattern Um that we we got into and established this range that, and this range started about um, april 21st so um, that's when we can kind of hit the lows from there we came in a couple of days later put the top side of our current range in and we've been trading sideways in that range ever since then on corn and soybeans the very same days
0: so what about for for the wheat market anything to to catch attention there
1: you know, I'm um, looking at the Chicago and, and of course, talking um, on the July contract. Um, I'm pulling up a chart here. What I'm looking at is, you know, we came in here, set our low back um, just on the 4th, uh, the um, a few about four to four, five trading sessions ago, and we've built up a little bit higher lows every day since then. Um, not quite as high as yesterday's high, but we're coming, we're trying to build a base off of these low, this recent low. Um, I also think that you have to look at the fundamentals, of course, looking at exports, looking at the, maybe the frost, um, scare, whether we get a frost or not on some of that wheat, whether it does any damage. I think just the scare of it has put a few cents into this market, um, this week. So I, I think that's what we're looking at on the wheat
0: market. And I'll jump over. Well- i got to talk about oats just for a second because we don't normally talk about oats, but we talked about this. Since we're talking about the markets from a week, back on Monday with Brad Coima, we were talking about it and he made the comment that oats knows uh, in the sense that the oats were higher than the May corn. And the old timers kind of feel that when oats take a jump and go over corn, that that means we are going to get some positives moving into the trade, which which well, oh, is what we saw in the market this week. Can that train, trend, before we jump over to livestock, can this higher trend continue in in the next week?
1: You know, that's, that's just great. I love it when someone does a throwback to the oats. When I first got in the business a few years ago, um, they, uh, the guys were talking that, yeah, the oats are sometimes an indicator of what's going on in that corn market and can be a leading indicator there. You kind of forget about them, so it's fun (laughs) to talk about it again, but, um, all of a sudden you do have oats um, bringing some value into that market, and you you hope, and we all have our fingers crossed for producers, of course, that um, maybe the corn can follow. So, uh, I don't know what that reason is or, or what the logic behind it, but but that can be an indicator, and we hope it follows through. Absolutely.
0: Well, you know, on a Friday, there's only a four cent difference between oats and make in, in the May contract and corn, and only twenty I- cents when you look at the July contract. So it's it's kind of crazy.
1: It is kind of crazy. I hope oats keep going up. That's all I can say.
0: There we go. (laughs) From a livestock perspective, we did see two days of limit up trade this week. So going from a Friday to a Friday on this cattle market, what are you seeing?
1: Yeah, what we're looking at, I'm talking live cattle to start with on the uh, June live cattle. For the week, we ended up a little bit over $8 higher. And on the October live cattle, um, about 7 dollars 5 higher. Feeder cattle, May feeders. Almost 10 bucks higher for the week, $9.90. And then, um, October feeders up $9.20 for the week. So we've had some really big jumps there in those livestock markets. That, that's, that, those are some talking points. Even if you look at today and say, well, you know, the, the deferred months were off a little bit. Um, and then all the way through the feeders, we were down even with those lows or the, um, coming off of those highs this morning. Um, we're still up, you know, seven and a half to nine bucks for the week on lives and feeders um th- there's a reason for that there's there's some obviously some big fundamentals moving behind that market and you tie in the coronavirus and and what we've um been dealing with there as far as the uh um, the staffing um challenges some of the plants have closed down on processing of course and then you've got cattle backing up a little bit because of that um so there's some really um some big dynamics taking place in the fundamental side of those those cattle markets. I don't think anybody knows how that's really going to unfold. But what we are looking at, we've had some really good gains here in the last five trading sessions on both lives and feeders.
0: All right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to finish this up as we look at the hog market. And then we'll kind of dissect what's going to happen weather-wise. And a producer question still talking about plant closures. A lot's taking place. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the final Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue to take a look of a Friday to a Friday and what we've seen in this market trade, Troy Nielsen joins us here on Part 2. We didn't get a chance to look at hogs. So what are you seeing?
1: Yeah, in the hog market, I mean, I'm strictly looking at the futures move. And I'm, I'm talking about the May contract The more nearby. We, we saw a low, low come in there in the middle of April. Um, that low was down at... Um, you know, thirty-five dollars. We've um, moved up here this week and it, and it got as high as, as just a freckle under sixty-nine dollars. We closed out the week at sixty-seven twenty on that contract. So that's a tremendous move up, um, back into some highs and some high territory that we had back in 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 March before um, the big sell-off. So we've recovered back up into that territory, and so I think um, as far as a market perspective is concerned, that's very healthy. And I know there's a lot of challenges out there with meats in general, but but that's what we've done in the hog market here in the last um, few weeks.
0: As we look at, uh, I want to get to the producer question first and then jump into weather. We did have a producer who is solely um, has grains, but... Sells his grains to some of the local feedlots. He's concerned as he looks at the the months ahead, how that's going to have an effect on on his profitability. As he's already seeing the struggle on his on his cattle friends.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think that the, as a grain producer, I, I appreciate that perspective that he has. Um, I, I think obviously locally, there's different challenges because ethanol plants have closed um, or shut down temporarily. I should say. And some are scheduled to reopen, um, so your basis. We're seeing basis on grains move around quite a bit. Um, you, the dry distillers for for your your cattle operators is is a big um, issue, of course. And we see some coming back online, so I think that dry distillers supply will be ample in most most areas. Um, so I, but I do think that you know, looking at basis wise, um, whether it's going into a feedlot, ethanol, or commercial grain we're seeing basis on grains um um heal back up if you will for the from the producer's perspective so that that's encouraging um and on on the cattle numbers obviously with um uh, the, the 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 plants closing down with coronavirus um now they're trying to get them cranked back up here and i think most of them will be here within the next you know two three weeks um at some capacity levels you know they're going to be um, processing back to normal at some point and i do think your cattle numbers stay strong your grain numbers stay strong so um yeah you know i think that um getting back getting the country back to work and getting um the economy rolling is gonna definitely see some some benefits in our in our grain and our livestock markets
0: Who would have ever thought the weekend of Mother's Day we'd have to be worrying about frost concerns? And I've seen a lot of pictures on social media of this corn kind of poking through the ground. So are you hearing any concerns out there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the, the wheat, of course, down in Kansas is a big concern with, with the frost scare. Um, I will say in here in central Nebraska, if you go from interstate 80 south, there's some corn emerged. Whether it has emerged far enough that it's going to be damaged or if that frost um, gets, uh, you know, the temperatures get low enough and hold there for a long enough period of time, that's still up in the air, so we don't know that there's going to be, um any damage to speak of there might we might need to do some replanting but you know if this were a little bit further if the crops were a little bit further along i'd say it would the impact would of course be uh much more uh severe but um my opinion is i don't think it will be as severe as as it might be anticipated i think we can come into the first of next week and and not have that much damage um anticipated out there so I, i you know i think it's a fear but um I think it um, it might get a little, it might be a little overblown in my opinion.
0: And to our listeners that listen to this program up in the Twin Cities area, concerns for those guys, they're supposed to get um, amountable snow. And who would think that that would be an issue this time of year? Weather-wise, though, we've talked about this kind of on and off all week. Are you going to see this year a weather-related market? So I wanted to toss that at you.
1: Yeah, I you know every year is absolutely everybody uh, every year is somewhere in the grain belt um whether it's a flood or whether it's a drought or whatever it is there's always weather concerns that help gyrate the markets of course um wouldn't you know wouldn't be surprised that we see some of the same type of activity again this year. So um yeah I think we'll we can very well see that. And now looking at the you know weather forecast moving down the road get past this Um, the cold front coming through, we're going to jump right back up into the 80s here fairly soon. So, I think, you know, the earlier planted, um, and and we have some really early planted crops out here in this country, um, you know, might have a really good head
0: start. Sounds great, Troy. What's the best way for folks to reach you?
1: Yeah, they can just call our office here in Kearney. Smart Yield is 308 234 Zero five,
0: and that is the Fontanel final bell reminder. Commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss. Are not suitable for all investors. Brought to you by Fontanel Hybrids and all your local Fontanel dealers. Right here on the Rural Radio Network.